HIV uh, virus, the uh, um, Ebola virus, the and I can't even remember them all, but you know, everybody is told to practice cleanliness and keep your distance and you know, and it seems like every so many years we get a, a virus. Granted, they're not all as serious or as widespread over the world as this one is, but I think we should um, renew our mind and turn to the Lord, because there's a scripture that says that um, if my people who are called by my name shall turn from their wicked ways and repent, now I, I can't remember exactly verbatim, then the Lord says, I will heal their land. And that's what we're looking for, the Lord to heal our land. Not just from a virus, not just from, but we need healing. Our land needs healing from a lot of things. Um, immorality. Our land needs healing from shedding of innocent blood. Abortion. That's true. Our land needs healing from um, idol worship, murder, <laughs> sexual immorality, sedition. <laughs> Well, we could go on and on, hey? <laughs> but I think um, it, it's just food for thought. I think you should just think about what the Lord says, that if you turn away from what you're doing, you do the right thing, the Lord will come in like a flood and fight the enemy, and he will heal the land, he will restore you, he will save you and the land. But in the meantime, right now, we need God's protection because what we hear on the news is um, all these updates about the coronavirus and where who thousands are dying and, and they predict how many thousands are going to be dying in another couple of weeks or um, what they're trying to do. Um, I do want to thank all the um, healthcare workers and the doctors and the nurses and everyone who's out there taking care of those that are sick. Um, and and actually, those in the stores. I remember going into the grocery store a couple weeks ago and shopping, and this this checkout clerk. I, I like her, and she she's normally very nice, and you know. But I, I told her, I said hello to her, I spoke to her, and she didn't answer. I said something else, and she didn't answer. But you can see how stressed they are, overworked, and I'm sure concerned about getting sick or catching anything. And so finally I looked at her and I said, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. And then she that warmed her up a little bit. And I think people need to hear um, that from us, how they appreciate, how we appreciate what they're doing for us and how they're keeping the stores open, working their butt off, you know, filling up the shelves and, and um, whatever, whatever, um, it is, whatever line of business that you're in that is trying to keep everything flowing so that we can live as normal as possible during this uncertain time. So what I want to do is start the program by reading Psalm 91 because it talks
about God's protection. You know, you turn to the Lord, and you want, and He'll do it. He'll turn. You take one step to him, toward Him, and He'll take two, three, four steps toward you, and take care of you. Now, before Psalm 91 is read, I would like to piggyback off of what you were saying mm -hmm. about the Second Chronicle, verse seven and fourteen, and how you were stating that. Um, it even go up further where it's the 13th verse where it says, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Now, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Mm -hmm. So that possibility exists when the Lord sends pestilence or, or um, something else, you know. But he said, in the midst of everything, you will hear rumors, wars, rumors of war, and you shouldn't be afraid because God has you in the palm of his hand. Yes, now, the reading of Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. There shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise the Lord. So I think a good practice is to every day read Psalm 91 until it gets into your heart, until it gets into your spirit, and that you know that um, you call on the Lord and he will answer you and he will protect you. So, um, there's another scripture that um, Romans 8, 
28 to 30. And it's talking about all things work together for your good. You know, not, not everybody likes to hear that, you know, because sometimes you're going through some things and you don't understand it. And how could this be good? How could this work for my good? Well, it'll work for your good. I mean, it's not good and not intended to be good. <laughs> it People need it for, for evil. They need it for a person's destruction or hurt or harm them. But the Lord said he'll make it work in your favor. So let's read the scripture. Romans 8 and 28 reads, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And then uh, 29 and 30. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be Formed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now I wanted to back up a little bit and reread. Uh, uh, Romans 8 and 28 because you want to get that clear understanding of what it's saying because you can be off by just one word but here it is and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the call according to his purpose now don't that sound a lot more better <laughs> alright so you know we hear that you know sometimes you know, people talk about how they're going through these tests or these trials and someone will come by with an answer that, um, you know, all things work together for your good. <laughs> and then you could just see some people that, you know, just could that is for just get, they, call. they get so irritated. Right. God is God, it doesn't work for everybody's good. It works together for everybody's good. It's those people who are yielding themselves to the Lord. There are some people, just like I hear a lot of times people say, Oh, the Lord won't put on you any more than you can bear. But those are those who are submitting themselves to the Lord. If you don't submit yourself to the Lord, you can very well have something that you cannot bear. So you want to get into God's favor. No, I hear that too. You know, God won't put any more. But I think it's, I don't think that is the exact quote of what, you know, people paraphrase it. Right, you he know. said there's a way to bring you out of temptation and that uh, he will bless you to uh, be able to endure it. But, the, but that's for those who look to the Lord and acknowledge him in all their ways so he can direct their path. But if you're not acknowledging God and allowing him to direct your path, you very well can find yourself in a situation where you don't have any way out. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, a lot of times we forget that God is good all the time. You know, you can go through your fiery trials, through your tests, through uh, situations beyond your control. You had nothing to do. Not, you didn't start it. You didn't. Or maybe you did. Maybe you put yourself in that position. But in, in spite of it, God is still good no matter what. And he's good all the time. And when we go through these circumstances, when they arise, we sometimes forget that God is always good. And our and then, you know, some people start to 
to faith and question whether God is truly good when we go through life's troubles. You know, you might go through a divorce or, uh, you know, somebody dies or um, whatever it is that you go through. And then you start to question, what is my purpose in life? What's, what's the point? What's the, what's the purpose? We question whether God has the best interest in our life. And of course he has. Of course he does. And um, unfortunately, a lot of times when people go through problems, circumstances, situations, death, illness, um, financial difficulties, whatever it is, it affects their love for the Lord. And they, they think that God is mad at them, or they get mad at God, or... Um, you know, and how that translates into God not loving us after he, he just suffered and died on the cross and rose from the dead and sent his Holy Spirit. How you going through a circumstance, a terrible circumstance, translates to God not loving you. You know, I don't understand that. And I would never get mad at God. That's me. That's my personality. I would never get irritated with the Lord. Because nine times out of ten, or ten times out of ten, is our fault, you know, no matter what. I mean, it may not be our fault, but it could be somebody else's fault, and we're in this situation, but not of God's doing, you know. So God, you know, there's that, what is that, John 3, 16, that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He didn't send his son to die so that we could just get mad at him because we don't get what we want, to goodness sakes. So instead of looking at us and looking at ourselves, and, and instead of, we have, to, we have to look at what God can do, what God is able to do. You know how he is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who helps us. He's the one who heals us. He's the one who delivers us. He's the one who saves us. He's the one. And set aside all the negative emotions and thoughts and, and know that all this is working together. God, it's like putting together ingredients when you're making cookies or pies or whatever. You can't just take... You can't just say, I don't have time to make this uh, um, pie, or I don't have time, and then just serve individual ingredients to people at a dinner party. Or you want to give them chocolate chip cookies, and you give somebody the flour, and you give somebody else the butter, and you I give somebody the else the sugar. <laughs> and then the lucky one well, might get the chocolate chips, and somebody else will get the nuts, and somebody else will get the vanilla. You can't just, you know, it, they're like all those ingredients together. Right, make up a dish. But they were supposed to bring you a dish that was, I guess they had four names and they got mine. They were supposed to bring a dish. They brought me the ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> and you make it yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that, that means. All things work together for your good. You know, all things. So, you know, it might be like a year from now that you get an, God adds another ingredient. Or maybe a month from now you get another ingredient. Or 
two years or three years from now, there's another ingredient added, and then you find that the situation is starting to take shape for your good. It's starting to take shape, you know, like if you wouldn't in your own way, um, you could end up shipwrecked. But by waiting for the Lord to finish everything and put everything in line and make it like you were making chocolate chip cookies and put all the ingredients together, you have to allow the Lord to put all the ingredients, to all the circumstances, all his plans, all, he's got to put everything together so that it all works for your good. And sometimes know that it will take a while, you know, but it will work in your favor. So I, you know, it's, I don't know, sometimes I think it's too easy for people to get upset with the Lord. So know that God is good all the time, all the time. Even when Paul was praying to be healed, I think, right, and the bottom line is, he prayed three times. Right, and I'm sure he was probably a little disappointed the first time, and then more disappointed the second time. Yeah, he probably thought that maybe God had changed his mind. You know, he didn't trust water. Did you hear me, Lord? You know, did you understand me? Did I say something wrong? Did I, you know, but he said his grace is sufficient. I think that's um, right. in Second Corinthians. And you know, chapter 12, and he has her back to, to say, you know, even though it's not going to be oil, no, the field's not going to yield its fruit, you know, it's just like, if he could, he's in the midst of all that, I'm going to praise the Lord. I mean, if he had sense enough to know that if the vine doesn't yield its fruit, you know, if he had sense enough to know, even in the midst of that, he's going to get God's thanks. So, because, because God is going to make a way. You're in, in a, you're in a drought. You're in... You, you know, you've got a grapevine, a grape, a vineyard, and it's not putting forth fruit. You've got trees that aren't putting forth fruit. You've got terrible things. And you probably don't have enough water. <laughs> you probably don't have enough water. There probably isn't enough rain. But you've got to know that God's going to bless, make a way out of no way for you. Yeah, in case you want wondering about that earth, it comes from 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly. Therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yeah, so you've heard people say, When I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's a scripture. Right. When, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When you're weak, you don't have the strength, but God has the strength. Right, and he'll the glory. And if I can say that would look like it would just shouldn't be. It'd look like it would just fall apart. But you, you, you just know that God has that person in, there, in his hand because they're still here and they're still going for it in the Holy Ghost. But I'm sure Paul probably said, prayed the first time, just saying, I know God's going to answer me. I know God's going to heal me. I know he's going to take this thorn out of my flesh. And then he waited and waited. And he didn't do it. So Paul prayed again. And and then he said, uh-uh. And then he gave him an explanation that Paul was praying. Because it's like, Lord, tell him, you know. 
I'm taking you through. I'm supplying. There's a reason why. And so the Lord doesn't do things without a reason. The Lord doesn't do things just arbitrarily, like people try to portray. They say, oh, what kind of God does this and that? That's just because of sin. The Lord allows things to happen. And some things he will not turn away because of that sin. No. And so somebody down the line might be affected, but that's when we had to put our trust in him. But he said the Lord, that the Lord was his, our strength. He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olives shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. He's not just talking about uh, the natural process of farming. He's also talking about he's prophesying that they were going to be scattered. They were going to be uprooted, you know, and dispersed throughout the nation. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he mm. will make me to walk upon my high places. You know, and I was thinking about that, you know, like hind feet, sure-footed. Mm. Yeah, maybe we can continue that next week. Lord makes my feet like hinds feet. And then continue with um, all things work together for, for your good. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Psalm 91 and 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, after Jesus was crucified and buried, who rolled the stone away, and then what did he do? And the answer is, an angel of the Lord, and he sat on the stone. And that can be found on, in Matthew chapter 28. Verse 2, which says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. This week's food for thought is, Who told the disciples that the Lord rose from the dead? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>